Welcome back to the Soybean Aphid Podcast. This is the 13th of June, 2012, Friday the 13th. Hey, but on a positive note, we did get rain here in central Iowa. I checked my meter at the house. I think we got like, I, I kid you not, it's at two inches. No. I, I'm not making this up. I don't think we got two inches. Uh, I think your gauge is a little bit wonky. You're not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> so today, um, Dr. Aaron Hotz and I are going to talk about a couple of things. You've listed soybean aphids, Japanese beetles, and spider mites. So let's just take a moment to appreciate the rain that we got. It was it was, felt wonderful. It's 70 degrees in Ames right now. It was just a nice temperature break. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So that moment's passed. <laughs> uh, we're still in a bad drought. Um I just saw something on CNN that said the drought is the largest on record. This is the hottest year on record. Um, the yeah, corn is frying up. Yeah. Although, shockingly, we were just out in the field, and beans looked kind of good. Yeah. I mean, They're in good shape, I think, at least on the Johnson farm. Yeah. But uh, corn looking really bad. Uh, so, how about some good news? Mm-hmm. Despite the weather and all that we're going to talk about, soybean aphids... No news is good news, I think, for at least for growers. No aphids. They might even be a non-issue this year. It's hard to find those little girls. Up top. <laughs> so we've knocked that one out of the park. <laughs> we've solved that problem. Next. <laughs> um, but seriously, no, none in the suction trap, none in the field. Uh, you know, unless something really remarkable happens, probably not going to be a year where we need to worry about soybean aphids. Do we need to change the name of the podcast? Uh, What's up, soybean? Baby steps. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's stay focused, grasshopper. Uh, Japanese beetle. All right, so now we're turning the corner here. This is not a happy subject. Mm-hmm. You just got off the phone talking to somebody about a long conversation about uh, treating uh, a research trial just south of Ames. And Can you walk us through some of the issues regarding Japanese beetles? And this is a research trial for corn. So, what should we be thinking about for corn? Well, there's a couple issues, just what we know about their biology. They are highly migratory, so they're going to be feeding and mating for 30-plus days, I think, as as far as I could read in the literature. And so they're just constantly moving around, um, feeding and mating. So when there's one on a plant, there's likely several on a plant. Um, They like to feed on corn silks and soybean, and so all that's happening right now. So especially silks as they're coming out and they're nice and green um, they're very attractive to the adults and so I think another thing about their biology just being so highly mobile they're attracted to field edges and so oftentimes those edge rows get concentrated with maybe more than on the on the field interior has been sort of my experience looking at corn and soybean so um, we on the podcast we've noted that uh, there was an earlier emergence, like a three-week er, uh, um, head start. And the populations we're seeing have increased over the last um, month. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's interesting, kind of take a big picture, is a uh, student, Cody Kuntz, has been uh, tracking the populations across the, the state. And he has noted that central Iowa has the largest populations uh, in South, uh, sort of Lucas County is where he's been uh, doing most of his work in the South. Can't find a Japanese beetle. Um, 
And then in the north, uh, by Floyd County, they're ju he's just starting to see beetles, um, mm. and those numbers have really picked up in the trap. But what's interesting about, so big picture, and then what's interesting about the central Iowa is that the numbers are starting to go down. Uh, you probably wouldn't notice it from just like eyeballing the traps mm -hmm. because there's just so many, but uh, instead of 10,000, there's only 8,000. <laughs> but that's a happy sign. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it maybe we're at least leveling off and we could expect those populations to go down some. Don't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think that's a, a fair assessment. At, at some point, they, the numbers should be, like you said, kind of tapering off and declining. And it, they did emerge early, so we'd expect maybe them to start declining a little bit earlier. I think last year... They were still going strong the first week of August, yeah. so hopefully by the, by the time August comes, uh, they'll be on their way out. So really, focus on them in corn because of the that's most critical. Yeah, uh, soybeans, uh, thirty percent defoliation, uh, twenty percent after bloom. After bloom, yeah, and we're in that bloom period yep. right now. Yep. So, um, and then we did notice uh, the students did notice this week that bean leaf beetles are out in. That's another source of defoliation. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be the first generation adults coming out. And um, they really haven't been a problem yeah. in, in other years. But with uh, predicted survivorship of this winter, I predicted many of the adults would survive. And so we might see just maybe larger than or higher than the last okay. couple of year populations for the first generation. And you have published new thresholds in the Integrated Crop Management Newsletter to give people an idea of what they yeah. might need to see in order to justify a spray for yeah. that. Yeah, based it, on our current market values and control costs. Yeah, and yep. uh, real important to consider that because bean prices are going up, especially mm -hmm. now that the drought is really taking a toll on the crop uh, estimated productivity yep. for the year. Um, and then the last thing on here is uh, one that... Uh, we talked about earlier in the summer, and um, now we're starting to see it kind of really blow up in our face a bit is spider mites, right? What can we say about spider mites that... Um well, there isn't a, a real cut and dry threshold for spider mites, and so basically it, it's uh, a treatment threshold would be based on how you think the plants are doing. So if the spider mites are can be found field-wide. That should be your first indicator that they've probably been there for a while. And then also if you're starting to see some leaf discoloration on the lower underside of the canopy, um, that's a point of probably which you'd want to take some action because if they start infesting whole plants field-wide, it becomes very, very difficult to manage them. So just something to, to keep your eyes open for, especially in the drought-stressed areas that weren't as fortunate as Ames. Yeah, and even with the rain, um there may be um, uh, populations that maintain themselves. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that I've heard in talking with some crop consultants is that growers who sprayed Lorsban or, or organophosphate uh, did see some protection, but the populations rebounded. Mm -hmm. And this is a little reminder, maybe we've said it before, but uh, most of the insecticides don't kill the eggs that are laid by the spider mites into the leaf material so that when a product is sprayed, it kills the adults that are crawling around, uh, but those eggs are protected, they hatch, you get another population, 
and you need to scout and maybe spray again. And some growers are um, reverting now. They've sprayed maybe an organophosphate, and now they're looking at uh, dimethoate, mm -hmm. which is a product that um, showed uh, some activity back when we last had a drought of this magnitude um, in 88, which resulted in spider mite outbreaks. So something to think about there in terms of what um, what you might need to do in order to stay on top of a really troubling pest. All right, so we're getting to the end. Anything else? That's really the highlights. I think you, we've covered it in the last couple of minutes. Okay, so next week, uh, any chance to see you? You going to get any programs coming up? I have a couple of things, um, but I don't think they're open to the public, so... Unfortunately, they're kind of invite only. So look for you and the blog and yeah. ICM Newsletter. ICM News. It's a Bugs Life blog. Okay. Look for the links in the little descriptor for this podcast. Yep. All right, great. Have a good week. Stay cool. And hopefully we'll get more rain. All right, see you guys.